brothers here under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, how many are here to dine with the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. We we trust in the Lord for this evening. I really appreciate that, Brother Harold. Uh, just kind of feel really, really nervous, but also very humble to stand here this evening. I, you know, sometimes you 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 walk with the Lord and and you come to a place and you know the Lord starts to bring you to certain places and you think you're not able to do it, but truly we're not able to do it. But as He's able to do it, and He's the one we trust in this evening that He will speak to us. Amen. Amen. It was a wonderful service this morning. God bless you, Brother Andrew. Really appreciated that, and surely do appreciate your prayers as well. Uh, Saints has been really great, and um, it wouldn't take much time in the in the preliminaries, and we'll get into the word. I really thank you, musicians, for that. It was wonderful, amen. And we'll, we'll take the word, and we'll, we'll open to John chapter 15 this evening, amen. John chapter 15, reading from verse 15 to 19, and then we'll jump down to 26 and 27, and then we'll go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. John 15, 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. Dropping down to 26, 27. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Amen. Let's go to First John chapter 4, verse 4. Very familiar scripture. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Shall we bow our heads? Dear Lord, we thank you for your word, O God. We thank you, Father, Lord God, you, you came, Father, and you left us not alone, but, Lord, you gave us promise, Lord, and that is your word, O oh God, and we know your word is nothing but you yourself, O oh God, and, Lord, in this day, you've come to tabernacle yourself and a people, Lord God, and we just desire to express you. We just desire, Father, Lord God, that you have truly full preeminence in us, Lord, this evening, people have come, Lord, 
Father, not to see a man, Lord God, but we want to see you moving in our midst. We want to see you, O oh God, taking control. We want to see you, O oh Lord, in every aspect of the service, O oh God. We've seen you this morning, O oh God. Father, we've seen you this afternoon, Lord, in the song service, Lord, and we want to see you once again, Lord, this evening. Lord, I surrender myself unto you, O oh God. Lord, the people have prayed, O oh God. Father, Lord, wanting to hear from you, Lord, I just yield myself unto you. Father, you take control from this moment on, O oh God. Father, you calm the nerves, O oh God. You take away, your Father, Lord, anything that may try to hinder the move of the Spirit this evening, O oh God. Father, I pray this evening, Lord, take away, Lord, in the spirit of the enemy, O oh God. Lord, I pray may it be cleared out of this place in the spirit of doubt, of fear, O oh God. Any, any spirit of the try, Lord, to challenge your word this evening, Lord God, I bring it down in the name of Jesus, O oh God. Because you are God, and where you are, there is liberty, O Lord God. Where you are, there is power, O God. Where you are, there is victory, Lord God. And Father, we want to see that victory move in this building this evening. We want to see the liberty move in this building this evening, Lord God. We want you, O God, Lord, not a man, Father, but you, Lord, tabernacling yourself, Lord. You revealing yourself, O God. You glorifying yourself, O God. Lord, we just surrender to you this evening, Lord. Have your way, Lord, from this moment on, O God. For we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. You might, you might have your seat. Kind of still couldn't get away from the thought of letting go and letting God. So we're just kind of in that thought, but tonight you want to talk about knowing your identity. Amen. Knowing your identity. Identity is a very important thing. Amen. And we know we're living in a world where there is identity. Amen. We identify by the country we come from. We identify by the different things that we, we, we partake of. And, you know, it, it kind of shows and, and, and shows and, uh, and tell us who we are and, and all those kind of things. For example, you know, if you are a Canadian, you, you're not just a Canadian, but you partake of the privileges that a Canadian will partake of. You partake of the privileges of any any other country that you come from, you partake of those privileges, amen. But the other side to it is that if you're part of a certain country, you're part of a certain town, you don't only have privileges, but sometimes you also have the bad part of that, of that picture of that certain country or so forth. And as a matter of fact, you also become part of that negative part of it as well. See, you don't only partake of the positive side of it, but you also partake of the negative side of it. Why? Because that is where you come from. But we know that there is a kingdom, amen. There is a kingdom where when you are partaking of that kingdom is not, there is not a negative in that kingdom, amen. There is only good thing in that kingdom, and that kingdom that we're talking about is no other kingdom but the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And that is what we want to be identified with. We don't want to be identified as the people of this world, because as we read from the scripture, he said that you are not of the world, amen. He has called you out of the world, amen. You are not part of this world, amen. We are part of another kingdom, and that kingdom is from above, amen. Amen. And that is what we want to identify yourself with. Amen. We don't want to be identified ourselves to say we're Canadian. We don't want to identify ourselves to say we're Irish or we whatever. We want to say that we are sons and daughters of God. Amen. Amen. Our scene this evening opens up, you know, opens up in a place in the scriptures where we can see the Lord Jesus Christ is talking to 
He's talking to his disciples. Amen. This is, we are approaching a very important time in history. Amen. The great Lamb of God has come on the scene. Messiah has come and, and the, the great event is about to take place. And this event is about the crucifixion. Finally, man is going to be set free. Amen. Finally, we're not going to be needing anymore the sacrifice of bulls and goats and so forth. So finally, there's going to be a perfect sacrifice. Amen. Something is approaching and the Lord is now here with his disciples and he's talking to them. Amen. And he, as he's talking to them, he's talking about a relationship. Amen. That they've had with him and he's saying in verse 15, henceforth, I am calling you no more servants. Amen. I am not calling you servants anymore. Amen. Because we know that the Jews are known to be servants. Amen. But we know that these are certain Jews that as they are, amen, they, they, they had recognized the Messiah, amen. They had recognized Christ, amen. They are part of the bride. And the Lord is saying to them, I am not calling you people servants anymore. From, for the servant know not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, amen. For all things that I have had of my Father, I have made known unto you, amen. And we know that this friendship relationship was the beginning of a relationship that was going to be climaxed in what is known to be today the bride of Christ, amen. It started off as a friendship, said to them, now we're going to be friends. But we know in this last age, we've come to a place where we're not just friends anymore, but now we've come to a place where we are the bride of Christ. Amen. We can identify yourself and say that we are truly the bride that he came and he is calling out of this world to be part of him, to be taken up, to be raptured and to be by his side. Amen. But in this relationship, in this relationship, there's one thing that he wanted to be very clear. In this relationship. And he said, you have not chosen me. He wants you to know that in this relationship, you have nothing to do with it. I have nothing to do with this relationship. He is the one who made a choice. Amen. I didn't choose to be predestinated. He predestinated me. Amen. I didn't choose to be foreknown, but he foreknown me. Amen. And he wanted to know, and he said, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. And also I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring fruits. Amen. And that your fruits should remain, that whatsoever you should ask the, the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Amen. So we can see here that God has done the choosing. Amen. We did not do the choosing. He done the choosing. Amen. And as he done the choosing, he done the choosing with a promise. Amen. He chose and he said to us, you ask anything of the Father and I will give it to you. Amen. He chose. He's done the chosen. But now he said, you guys have to do just one thing and just do the asking. Amen. Because I have done, done the chosen. Amen. And whatever you ask me, I will do it. Amen. And if he has chosen you, he's going to answer you. And if he has chosen you, he's going to hear you. Because you are part of him. Amen. And he cannot do, he cannot do away with you because when you speak, it is not you speaking, but it's part of him speaking. Amen. And he cannot do away with that. That is what you are. That is the power that he has deposited in you as the bride. Amen. Because we know that God cannot fail. Amen. 
And we know that His Word can never fail. Amen. And as He said that, I've called you out of the world. Amen. I've brought you out of the world. I've chosen you out of the world. Amen. Because that's not what you are part of. You are part of me. Amen. This, this, this thought came to me a couple of years back. And it's, it's interesting how the Lord works. A couple of years back, I was, I was in Ireland and I was on a bus. And I was, I was going to school and the bus was pretty full. So I was standing kind of um, at, the, at the exit door. And as I was standing there, the bus approached, approached a certain bus stop and... And a certain guy was coming down from the from the upper part of the of the bus, so he he came down and and as he came down, I had my headsets on and I was listening to a tape, and then he came down and as he came down, he, he kind of stood behind me. So when he stood behind me, I was hearing all this music. I had my headsets on, but I was hearing the music that he was listening to, and I thought, mine that that's interesting. So I turned to look, who is this? You know, what was going on? And I turned and I saw this, this, this young fella, nice looking guy, you know, innocent looking guy. But, you know, and he was dressed in a certain way. And because we've been, you know, the Lord granted the grace and brought us out of the world, I could recognize the artist that he was listening to. So I recognized the artist he was listening to. And he was dressed exactly the same as that artist. You know, he was dressed the same way. His hair was made the same way. You know, and I looked at him and I said, wow, that's interesting. You know, he's just dressed up, just ask what he's listening to. And I thought, my, what is this? That's interesting. And I mean, you see it all over, but I just kind of started to think about it. And I started to think to say, wow, he's identifying himself with something. You know, when I look at him, I, I, I don't, I mean, I heard the artist, but even if I hadn't heard it, and look, just looking at him, I could identify and know, you know, the, 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 the kind of person he's associating with, because he was identifying himself with that. And I started to ask myself to say, well, that's okay, that's fine that he's identifying himself with that, but, but what about me? What about me? When someone look at me, can they see that I'm identifying myself with Christ? Is my action showing that I'm identifying myself with Christ? When someone, you know, even just me walking down, you know, down the, the, the corridors of school, when they look at me, can they see Christ in me? And I, I started to think, you know, and I said, well, he's identified himself, and then what about me? And that's where this thought started to come to me, of, of knowing your identity, and knowing who you are, and identifying yourself with Christ. And it's been, it's been many years back, but just two weeks ago, he started dealing with me with that again. And, and that's why I just came to share this with you this evening. And I hope that's okay. Amen. And we know that after the first fall, amen, after the fall of man, amen, man lost his identity. Amen. He lost really who he was, amen. All the power that was given to him to create, all the power that was given to him to name the animals and do all those kind of things, the power that was given to him to move the tree from one place to the other, we can see that the power was taken from him at the moment that what? He fell, amen. And when the devil done that, he thought that, you know, he's done away with the bride of Christ. He thought that he's done away with the plan of God. But little did the devil know, Little did that devil know that he was just setting the stage 
for God to show his greater works. Amen. He was set on the stage for God to show his power. Amen. He was set on the stage for God to show really who he is and the attribute that he's got on him and to show that even though he can bring it forth, but God can bring out of a fall a people that are greater than this world, a people that are born to produce Jesus Christ himself again. Regardless of the darkness, amen. Amen. And he thought that he had the upper hand. And since that day, man has been trying to find an identity, amen. Man has been trying to identify himself with something, amen. Brother Branham talk about thirst. There's a thirst in the mind of people, amen. They're trying to find to see who am I? Where am I coming from? What am I doing here? They ask them themselves these questions, amen. They can't figure out where they're coming from. They can't figure out where they're going, amen. But the only way that you can identify yourself, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. It is through the second Adam, amen, because he came to redeem us back to where we were. Amen. He came to redeem us back from the fall. Amen. Amen. And John 3, 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. He lost his identity, but God said, I will bring it back. Amen. But all this time as well, Satan is not sitting quiet. And he also says, okay, fair enough. I will also raise up some people. So what does Satan do? He started to raise up some false stars. And a star is nothing but a messenger. He started to raise some false anointed ones. Amen. He started to raise some false messengers. Amen. That the people can identify themselves with. He started to raise up Hollywood. He started to raise up that and the other thing for people to identify themselves with. Because he could realize the man is hungry. Man is looking for something. Amen. And the devil comes and he tries to present something to to them. For them to fall. For them to be deceived. Amen. And he started to bring all the stars. For them to do what? To be the guide. Because man is looking for a guide. We are all looking for a guide as we had on Wednesday. The importance of a guide, amen. And what did the devil give them? He gave them a blind man. He gave them a man who's deaf, a man who cannot see. Who cannot see why? By seeing, I mean understanding the word. A man who cannot hear the word, cannot understand what's going on. A lost man, that's what the devil gave to them. Brother Branham said, and come follow me. He said, you are going to follow someone someday. He said, you're going to follow somebody. And the way you follow the person, be sure, be sure who this person is following. Amen. And he said, Paul one time said, be followers of me as I am of Christ. In other words, just I am following Christ, you follow me. Amen. And we are looking for a guide. Why? Because none of us has walked this way before. There is no one in this world that can say that you're living in this world for the second time. We are here for the first time. No, no one has walked this way before. And we all need a guide. Amen. And what does the enemy do? He brings false people to guide the people. To lead them who are straight to hell. He brings enticing to young people. What to do what? To lead you away from Christ. 
That's what he does, amen. But there's only one person, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who came, and he was tempted in all ways, amen. He, he went through the most hardest, the most hardest and harshest things that he could ever go through, that a man could ever go through. He died the most painful death, amen. He's the only person who can say, I have been in this world before, and I died, and I rose again, and I am come back. So you tell me, who could ever be the best guy? It's only the Lord Jesus Christ who can be the best guy. Why? Because he's been through this way before. Why? Because he's been here before. He knows the way. He knows how to overcome. He knows how to defeat the enemy. And it's by not in the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we all came with these questions. Where do we come from? Who am I? Where are we going? And what did the devil do? He raised up some super scientific people to answer this question. And it's sad to say, but he ended up with a cow picking grass on top of a tree. That's what he ended up. And they said we came from monkeys. Some said we came from a blast. They couldn't figure out. They couldn't answer just the first question. Where did we come from? They couldn't answer it. These are the stars that the devil presented. They couldn't answer the question. Amen. Why? Because to answer this question, it will take someone who was here before it all began. And that is God. He's the only one who can answer this question. He's the only one who can tell you who you are. He's the only one who can tell you where you're going. No one has an answer to that. But God alone. Amen. And he's the guy that we want. He's the guy that we want to follow. Amen. And how did he start to reveal us? Amen. So Christ came, as we know, and he fulfilled his purpose. Amen. And we know that Jesus Christ, he has seven stars in his right hand. And he starts to answer the questions. Okay, where do we come from? Who are these people? Okay, they've got questions on their mind. And he started to answer them. He proved it. He came himself. He showed himself. But then he started to throw stars one by one. To go, to start to reveal, to start to make us understand where we're coming from, where we're going. What are we doing here? Amen. And he launched the first star. And we know that was Paul. Now, these are the real stars, amen, because all the devil can do is impersonate the tents of God. He takes the real ten and he perverts it, amen. That's all he does. He takes the real ten and perverts it. But God started throwing the stars, amen. And the first one went, and the second one went, and the third one went, and it went all the way that it came to the last age, amen. And God said, okay, fair enough. I started this relationship. I told him we're friends. Amen. But God knew that these are not just friends because these were with me right before the foundation of the world. And he said, there must come a time that I must make known unto them who they really are. Amen. 
And so we started launching the stars. And after he's launched six stars, has gone forth. He said, I want this last one to bring forth the original seed again. I want this one to bring back the spoken word again. I want this one to bring back Eden again because it has fallen. But my promise is it cannot fall because if it falls, then I fall. But God cannot fall. Amen. And so the last star rose up. And we know it was the prophet of this age. Brother Branham, amen. He releases his hand, amen. To be the guy to bring the bride back to know who she really is. Amen. And he comes, Amen. And he's speaking, and we can see that his ministry is doing nothing but revealing the Son of Man again, amen. Revealing the ministry of the Son of Man again, amen. Being manifested in the bride, amen. Amen. Because Jesus said in Revelation 10, 7, amen, that is his word. That is his promise, he said. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, in the days of that voice of that seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished. Amen. As he has declared to his servants, the prophets, the mystery of God shall be finished. And what is the mystery of God? That God has got a bride. That God has got a bride. And I want you to know one thing. The bride has got no age. Because she came from eternity and she's going back to eternity. She's just walking in a space of time. In a little block of time. But she's got no age. Amen. So young people don't think you're young. You are the bride. You are the bride. Because it's got no age. Amen. Because sometimes, you know, young people, we start to think, you know, I'm too young. And, and you know, maybe, maybe dad, is, dad is the bride, but I'm not. You know, maybe I am, but I, I'll get to catch up someday. No, you are. God put you in that family for a reason. He brought mom and dad together for a reason. Even he had to move worlds and move whatever he had to move. He moved it to bring mom and dad for a reason. That you can come forward. That you can come forward in a home where you know this message. It wasn't boy chance. It was God. And even you can be born somewhere. But he said, no, you are mine. And how I'm going to bring you in. Go into Tim Hortons. I'm going to bring some fellas there. You're going to come in here. You are mine. Who can do that? God. Because that's his bride. He cannot lose even one. He doesn't care where you are. He will come and fetch you out. Because you're part of him. Amen. The mystery shall be finished. The mystery of where you come from shall be finished. The mystery of who you are shall be finished. The mystery of where you're going shall be finished. At the sounding of the seven-day messenger. And he has sounded. And if he has sounded, 
If he has found it, then who are you? Then what is the answer to the question, who are you? The answer is I am God. The answer is that I am Jesus Christ made flesh again. The answer is this is the son of my ministry returning again. That is the answer to the devil's question. The message is sounded. Amen. Because in verse 27 he said that you have been with me. Amen. You have been with me from the beginning. Think about it. You know, he was saying to them, we're friends. But then he come down and he said to them, but you have been with me from the beginning. He's saying, you know the words, we're friends, but we're pride. We're friends, but you're part of me. But I cannot cannot reveal it all now. It will take stages. I know what I'm doing. But now it has come to the fullness. Now it has come to the place where we know without any shadow of doubt. We know that we're going under rupture. We know that nothing is going to hold us down. No one can take it away from us. Amen. Because you were our team from the beginning. Amen. But he made you to bypass your theophany. Amen. He made you to bypass that. Why? Because he, he had a greater plan. He wanted to express his attribute. Amen. He wanted to express his attribute as a healer, his attribute as a savior, his attribute as a, as, as a victorious man, his attributes as Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah, all the seven redemptive name. He wanted to express it. So he made you to bypass your theophany for that. Amen. To come to a place, amen. To come to a place where... He'll finally make know who you really are. That all those seven redemptive names that he was, you are. Because he is in you. Amen. Amen. That was what he was doing. That was his plan. Amen. And now we've come to a place. Amen. Well, we can say in this relationship that we've got to know really who we are. That we are the bride of Christ, amen. That we came from God and we are going back to God, amen. That we are not but the pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the Son of the living God. That is what, sorry, that is what we are, amen. And there's nothing that is going to deceive this bride, amen. Because as he said, you are not of this world, Amen. But he's chosen you out of this world, amen. And one thing that we got to understand, especially young people, you know, we got to understand that we are not just the son of mom and dad or the daughter of mom and dad. We appreciate our parents. They've been wonderful, done a great job. We respect our parents. We love our parents. They're great. But we need to go a little bit high above that. To realize and understand that I'm not, I'm not just the son of mom and dad. I'm not just the daughter of mom and dad. 
But I am part of someone who is greater. I am part of the one who created mom and dad. He created me, amen. That's who I am. That's why we have to come to understand that we're not just, we're not just mommy's mom, we're not just mommy's son or, you know, or, you know, daddy's daughter or so forth. We're more than that. We are a son of God. We are a daughter of God. And we need to come to the realization of that, amen. Amen. You know, Brother Branham said that the pride is part of the oldest religion in the world. I heard that these guys started making some noise. So I suppose it just fell right on time where Brother Branham says that we're part of the oldest religion in the world. Because that older religion in the world is the shouting religion. Amen. Amen. That old religion is the shouting religion. Amen. Now one thing you ought to notice, as we said, the devil all the time, what does he do? Perverse things. Amen. And he took the shouting and he perverted it. Amen. And he made it a creed and he said, you know, if you shout, you've got the Holy Ghost and all those kind of things. But we know the shouting is not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We know that. Amen. We know that, you know, shouting doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to make it to the rapture. Amen. What is he doing? He's trying to pervert that. Amen. But in the origin, there were a group of people who shouted. And Brother Branham said that was the old religion. Amen. That is the old time religion that we've been talking about. But now we're not just talking about it, but we're going back to that religion. Or back to that shouting religion. Amen. That's why I said to you, don't identify yourself as a Canadian because they will tell you that you are starchy. But one thing I know about the bride of Christ is that she is not starchy because it is nowhere written in his word that she is starchy because she is part of that old religion. Religion, and it is a shout of religion. It is not a choir religion. Amen. There's only one group of people who've got a reason to shout, and that's the bride. There's only one group of people who've got a reason to shout, and that is you. And they're just not shouting just because they're excited. They're shouting because they've seen your name written in the book. They're shouting. Why? Because they are a son of God. Amen. That's the original religion. That's why it's taking us back to. But the enemy tried to pervert him. He tried to say, Amen. Try to make all this shout on Tim Brother Branham said and influences. So many times we have seen gifts try to be impersonated when they wasn't consecrated to God, consecrated to the call. And we've seen all this. We see it today just as, just as it was then. See, somebody tried to impersonate a person having the Holy Ghost. Shout like them, speak in tongues like them, and still they know more about God than a hot and top who know about an Egyptian knight. That's right. Just impersonation, acting like it, putting on something. But here it goes. But let me tell you. Let me tell you. You that's looking on that, remember. Why you see somebody impersonating it? There is a genuine something somewhere. If you found a dollar and it is a, was a bogus, it, it's only a sign it was made of a, of a real one. Amen. So if we see the enemy trying to impersonate the shout and coming to the point that even comes right in the bride, 
and it tries to tell you that you cannot shout. When the word is coming forth, and you feel that there's something bubbling inside because we've got a reason to shout. Brother Jeff told us testimony. He was in the car. And the word started going for. He was listening. He said, something started bubbling in me. And he said, I started to shout. Why was he shouting? Glory. Why was he shouting? It wasn't him shouting. It was that old religion coming back. And it was bright. Shouting again. That was what it is. Amen. But he walks in the church. Uh, and you feel like saying amen, but you say, shut up, you cannot say amen. If you say amen, they think you, you, you're going off on this fanatic tense today. And you try to make a cold people, a cold bride, dead. That's not what we call to. God's bride is not a cold, dead religion. Because God is not a cold, dead person. Notice, Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah started prophesying about the first coming of God. And we know prophecy is nothing but foretelling the mind of Christ. Amen. That's what prophecy is, foretelling the mind of Christ by the spoken word. Amen. And we know that Christ was in the prophets. Amen. Now, listen to the mind of Christ at his first coming. Amen. It says, Zechariah 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, all daughters of Zion. Shout, all daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king is coming, thy king cometh unto thee. He's just and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a cold, and upon a cold, the fall of an ass. Amen. That was the prophecy. That was the mind of Christ. Amen. He said to them, you rejoice, you shall, because I am coming. And in Matthew chapter, in Matthew chapter 21, 8 and 9, you go read it. And what happens there? Here they are. And, every great mod, and a very great modity spread your garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and straw them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. But now watch why they are rejoicing. Them. There are a group of people there. And you're like, why are these people making noise? Why are these people rejoicing? And Jesus answered them and said, if they cease, the rocks will cry. Why? Because that religion is a shout of religion. That religion cannot keep silence. The bride cannot keep silence. You are not a Canadian. Your passport may say it, but you are not. You are of God. Your passport says, heaven bound. Born of God. Son of God. Daughter of God. That's your passport. You are just walking through. You're just passing through. You came from God and you're going back to God. You just pinch a tent just here on the earth just for a little while. Just for God to express himself. Just for God to express his attribute. That's the only reason why you're here. Just for a little while. 
but your real identity is God. Your real identity is the Son of God. Your real identity is the Bride of Christ. That is what you are. Oh, hallelujah. They had a reason to rejoice. Why were they rejoicing? Because the word for your day had been fulfilled. They were looking at it. Oh, glory. They were looking at the word for their day. Oh, my goodness. Wow. They were looking at the word of your day. And they said, oh, my. Oh, my, oh, my. And I tell you, there was some joy. Start to rejoice. Start to bubble in your heart. Because the word for your day was made manifest. The, the critics couldn't understand it. The priests couldn't understand it. But they could realize what it is. But what about this day? What about this day? You are looking at it. You are looking at her. She's sitting right next to you. That's what she is. God embodied in a man. God embodied in a woman. That's what she is. You are looking at it. Hallelujah. In this last days, notice, these guys were rejoicing for the first coming of God. It was a great event. It was wonderful. But the whole mystery had not yet been revealed. But yet, they were rejoicing. They were shouting. They were praising God. But the old mystery was not revealed. Oh my, think about it. But today, oh my, oh my, oh my, I feel good. I feel good. Oh my, but today, We've got a news for the devil. We've got a news for him today. Oh, hallelujah. But today, the mystery has been revealed. The seven thunders have sounded. They didn't know what it was, but we do. And if they rejoice then, just seeing it in part... They were looking in a glass that was kind of, you know, was dark. It was a day that was, was, was this dismal day. But in the evening time, there shall be light. Who is that light? I see many lights here. Who is that light? Who is that light? That is you. That is that light. The mystery has been made revealed. And if they rejoice for that, what are we to do today? Where are we to be? Amen. Well, we know Malachi chapter 4 has been fulfilled. Revelation 10 being fulfilled. Luke 17 being fulfilled. Oh my, what we have to do. We've been told that on that day when God was asking Job that question. And he said, Job, where were you? 
When were you when the morning stars sang together? Now notice there. He said, and all. It wasn't some. It wasn't some of them. It was all of them. Hallelujah. It was all of them. It was all the bride. They shouted. Hallelujah. All the sons of God shouted for joy. You were there. You were there. And now you are here. If you shouted then, what are you to do now? Hallelujah. All the sons of God shouted for joy. So when you're in the house of God, and he tries to come tell you to shut up, tell him, I was there. And if I shouted then, I'm going to shout now. Because if you don't like what you see, watch this. Because from this day on, if I've got to know who I am, that I shout at them, then I tell you, now, I am going to shout even more. If you didn't like it then, watch this. Because now, I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know what I'm doing here. And I know where I'm going. Hey, man. Hey, man. You know when they were shouting, you know they were shouting because they saw your names in the book. They were shouting because they saw the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. Because they saw the end from the beginning. Oh my, I was there. You were there. Oh my, that ought to make us happy. I was there. You were there. Amen. No wonder that day in Revelation chapter 5, when John, you know, for a moment, John's eyes were kind of bit dim. Because, you see, they couldn't catch it all. His eyes was kind of bit dim when he saw that there was no one to take the book. And he started to cry and started to weep. And man, no one to take the book. But the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Yeah. Then one of the angels said to him, or the beast, one of the four beasts said to him, John, weep not. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah, amen. He has overcome. Hallelujah. He has overcome. Hallelujah. Oh, man, he has overcome. And when John saw that, and John is the type of the bride. Hallelujah. You talk about an old-time religion. You talk about going back to that day when, the sons of, when all the sons of God shouted for joy. Revelation 5.13 says, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the sea, and all, and, and all that are in them, had I saying, had the bride saying, every demon had the bride saying, 
Satan had the bride saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the far beast, whoa, the far beast, they've been in the presence of God since they're there, the far beast. When they had a bride, shouting, when they had a bride, going back to where he was, when they had a bride, returning back to the, returning back to the beginning, they said, Amen. The father said, Amen. Why? Because the bride has recognized what she is. And it says, So be it. And the four and twenty elders fell down, worship him that liveth forever and ever. See, friends, the enemy hates to see you recognize who you are. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want you to know who you are. He doesn't want you to know the power that is deposited in you. He's doing all his best. To save you from really knowing who you are. Because he knows that there's no way he can overcome a victorious life. A life that is always rejoicing regardless of the circumstance. He knows there's no way he can battle that. So what does he try to do? You know, the devil knows that he, he can never come to you and tell you to worship him and you worship him. He knows you can't, he knows, he, you know, you've got a point. You, can, you will never do that. He knows that you're never going to go to a rock and roll concert and, and, you know, be jumping around. He knows you won't do that. But he's a slick devil. And what does he do? Instead of trying to, he tried to come to rob your worship and your praise that you're supposed to give to God. And how does he do that? He comes to you with depressions and anxiety and pressure and different things. And it has to pull you down. And you start, you don't realize, but you start worshiping that. And all you're doing is you worship on the same devil. But he's just coming in another form. That's what he'll be trying to do. Trying to come on and... And, and, you know, all these depression, all these, you know, trying to make you feel guilty for the things you've done. And it's trying to get you to worship. They're trying to take your focus away from who you really are. But Paul said, in Romans 8, 34, if I didn't give this, sorry. Romans 8, 34, he told his servant. Paul said, that nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. There's no principality, there's no temptation, there is nothing that is going to separate the bride. Nothing is going to separate her. It's him trying to come to you, trying to rob your joy and all those kind of things. Because he knows once you start rejoicing, once you start really praising the God, praising the Lord, he knows he has no grounds anymore, amen. Because that's what we've chosen, we've been called to do, Amen. 
You know, when you start praising the Lord, in your moment of stress or in your moment of hardship or whatever it is, the atmosphere starts to change. Brother Jeff can testify you that. Ask him. The atmosphere starts to change. Why? Because the enemy cannot stay in the presence of God. He has to flee. When the atmosphere of God comes down, when God comes, he has to flee. Because a greater power has come. Amen. And so when you start to praise God, regardless of the circumstance, because Paul said, nothing is going to separate us. Why? Because we are more than what? Conquerors. Through Christ Jesus. Amen. So when you start to praise God, you know, chains start to fall down. When you start to praise God, prison bars start to break down. Amen. Why? Because he's God. And in his presence, you know, everything must fall. Everything must crumble down to the ground. There were two fellas in the Bible, Paul and Silas. I tell you, if there were two people who had every reason not to praise the Lord, were them too. Think about it. These people have been serving the Lord. These people going on the street preaching the gospel. They're doing everything they could do for the Lord. And obviously, perhaps they, they might have been thinking, perhaps some of us today have been thinking, well, if I'm doing that, then the Lord is going to watch over me. Obviously, he's going to watch over you. But, but he's also going to try and test you too. And here are these guys doing the work of the Lord, serving the Lord, doing everything right. And here they are in prison for the work of the Lord. They had every reason to complain. They had every reason to turn their back on the Lord. Because they could have said, well, I think the Lord has left us. I think the anointing from Pentecost is gone. I think the days of miracles are over. I think all this message is, is done away with. You know, sometimes we believe in this message. We know the promises in them. But yet we go through hard trials. And the enemy will try to come to you and tell you, there's nothing to this message. You know, you believe in it, but look at what you're going through. Look at how you're struggling. But in the midst of it all, Paul and Silas knew where they were. They had come in contact with God. Nothing was going to separate them from the love of God. Prison bars could not separate them. Beatings could not separate them. They, that is an example of how we ought to act in our hardest moment. As sons and daughters of God, the Bible said they prayed. Now, many times we pray and we just keep praying, and it's good. There's one thing you can never overdo, and that's to pray. But when you're praying and praying and praying and praying, there comes a time. You got to start rejoicing about what you're praying about. Because watch Paul and Silas. The Bible said they prayed. And at midnight, Paul and Silas praised, prayed, and sang praises unto God. After they had prayed, they started to praise God. They started to change the atmosphere in that prison. Amen. And they said, and the prisoners heard them. The atmosphere was changing. 
They started saying, who are these people praising God? Can they see they're in binds? Can they see they're chains and fetters? Can they see that all these prison bars? We are in the inner jail. And you might be in the inner jail in your Christian walk. You might be in a hard time in your Christian walk. But after you prayed, stop praising God. Because that same old time religion is still alive today. Amen. And they started to praise God. Because they recognize who they are. They know that he said that he's never going to leave us. And he's never going to forsake us. I believe they started encouraging one another. And they started to praise God. Amen. And it said all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. Think about it. Friends, this is not a fairy tale. This is reality. This happened for real. They started praising God. And an earthquake happened. And when that earthquake happened, he said the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately, all the doors were open. And everyone. So the bounds were not freed for only Paul and Silas. When you start praising God, not only are you setting yourself free, but you're setting your brother free. Because when your brother sees you praising God, he says, hey, he's praising God. I can praise God too. Because it is God in you. It is God in him. And one day start to praise God. Now notice, the other prisoners weren't praying. The other prisoners weren't praising God. But because Paul and Silas were praising God. Friends, all it takes is just one person. Just one person. Someone may come into the house of God, may be broken and sad and so forth. But if one person, but if just one person can start really praising God, can start really worshiping God, you watch the other people start and set free. Why? Because you created an atmosphere. And when that atmosphere is created, Satan has to leave. And the prison bars were broken. Paul and Silas, praising God, they've been set free. Because they had received the power of God. And you also have received the power of God. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I think it's time we serve the devil a notice tonight. Amen. That the book of Acts is continuing. And I like the way Brother Ed said it. It is not just continuing, but it's been amplified. Hallelujah. It's been amplified. Why? Because there's a greater revelation. Because now the bride can truly say that she knows who she is. She can truly say that she is him. Amen. And I believe this evening we can serve him a notice and tell him that that book is still continuing. Amen.
And I didn't ask what time I have to close. So, I don't know. Well, and I know Brother Andrew doesn't like me looking the clock, so. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, we have a holiday tomorrow. Fair enough. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, we're not going to stay all night. It's okay. <laughs> Amen. But the book of Acts is continuing. Amen. You know, one day, these disciples, they were hiding. They were scared. They were scared of the Roman soldiers. And they were hiding. One time, we didn't really know who we are. And we were scared. And the world today is scared. They are scared about the global woman. They are scared about, you know, the West Coast going down. And they are scared about different things. Why? Because they don't know who they are. But we know. The world can warm us as much as it wants. Because we are warming up too. That's the fire that is coming in the bride. That's the fire that is warming up the bride. The world is warming up. The bride is warming up. And the moment that the world is set on fire, oh, the fire in the bride is going to plumb it up into the rapture. Because we know who we are. They can be worried as much as they want. They can fear as much as they want. But we have no fear. Because we know who we are. But they were hiding. But they received the promise that they should go up in an upper room. And the Lord was going to meet them there. And they went up in the upper room. And even up there they were still hiding. Still they were scared. They were afraid. And oh my. What if the Romans come in and they start to pray. Waiting on the Lord for 10 days. And after 10 days, something happened. After 10 days, something happened. Amen. They received a power. And that power was dynamite. Amen. Now, there's only one thing I know about dynamite. Dynamite blows stuff off. That's all I know about dynamite. That's what they used them for. Dynamite just blows stuff off. That's all it does. And they had lots of fear in them. But then they received dynamite. You tell me where the fear went. You tell me when that atmosphere came, when that dynamite came. When the power of God fell on them. When the power of God fell on that building. And I tell you in this last age, that same power is coming to bright. That same power is come to blow away any fear, to blow away any doubt. It is that same power. It is that same dynamite. If you don't have dynamite, dynamite is here. And you can receive dynamite. It is power. It's overcoming power. Dynamite. It blows everything away. Dynamite. It destroys the enemy. Dynamite. It defies the mind of, of the human. 
Dynamite is the wisdom of God embodied in flesh. That's what dynamite is. Where dynamite is, sin cannot dwell. Amen. And they received dynamite. Amen. And it became their identity. But you know, even when you receive dynamite, the enemy is still going to come by. And it's still going to be throwing stuff at you. It's still going to be saying to you, you messed up. You done that. Especially young people in this age. Throwing tons, you done that. You passed, you this, you that. You haven't got the Holy Ghost. You haven't got the dynamite. Because if you had it, you wouldn't do this. But your focus is on the wrong thing. It is your soul that matters. He has redeemed your soul. The body might fall and do that, make mistakes and stuff like that. But you stop looking at that. Start looking at the soul. Start looking at the redeemed part of us. Start looking at where God is dwelling. Because when the enemy comes and he starts to tell you, you've done that and you've messed up and you've done this. There's only one question that God has got to ask you. And that is, what sin are you talking about? What sin are you talking about? What past are you talking about, young people? What are you talking about? I don't remember it. The moment you confessed it, it was gone. Why are you dwelling on it? Why are you pondering on it? Why are you worried about it? Come on, bride of Christ. Rise up to the king's highway. Why are you dwelling there? I don't remember it. What past are you talking about? And perhaps one of the angels may go up on the shelf and they may take a record, maybe written Mark Perizok. And they said, Mark Perizok has been complaining about this and the other. Okay, let's see. Let's see if you'll find what Mark Perizok is talking about. And they start opening your record. Now bear in mind, this record was written before the foundation of the world. Amen. So they start opening that record. Oh man. Mark Perizok said that the pastor had been bothering him. He said he, he made a mistake then and he messed up there. And, and the angels are looking and they said, but when I look here, it says Mark Perizok is the son of God. When I look here, it says, it says Sister Esther is the daughter of God. When I look here, it says, that this is the bride of Christ. It's not that she's without spot. It's not that she's without wrinkle. He's looking at the record. He cannot see you fall. He see all he's seeing is the blood of Jesus Christ that has covered all the sins. And he's looking at it. And he said, but this book looks like Christ. Why? Because that is what you are. Christ himself. Your record shows that you are clean. Your record shows that you never done it in the first place. Stop worrying about it. 
Stop dwelling on it. Stop moving up. This is where you are. Amen. Brother Branham said, the unveiling of God. Is that an us a Christian? I am identified with him. Amen. I was with Noah when he went in the ark. I was with Moses when he came out of Egypt. Amen. I was, I was, I was, I was Elijah on Mount Carmel. Yes, sir. Glory to God. I was with him when he did that. Now listen, he said, I was truly with him, identified myself and his death there on Calvary when he died to the, t- when he died to the tents of the world. To, when he died to the tents of the world, to myself and all my tradition, I was identified with him. I was identified with him on Easter morning when he rose from the dead. I was identified with him on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came down like a mighty rushing wind. I was identified with him. All that he was, I am. He said, all that he was, I am. All that God was, the brightest. Hallelujah. And he said, all that I am, he was. Amen. Hallelujah. If only you can turn your eyes away and start looking at what God has done in your life. He has redeemed you. He has bought you with a price. He gave it all. For you. Think about it. He gave it all for you. Why dwell on the past? Let it go. And let God have his way. Let the past go. All the chatter, chatter, chatter of the enemy. Shut him up. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. My report is clean. Because my report is Christ. Amen. Amen. First John four, chapter first John chapter four, verse four. He says, Ye are of God. We could just close and go home. Ye are of God. Who? Who is of God? Amen. I am. I don't know about you, but I am. Oh, my. Ye are of God, little children. And have, oh, my, have overcome them. Them who? The world. The devil. All that he has to say, all the chatter, chatter, all them kind of things, you have overcome them. Why? Because you are of God. Because, oh my, why have you overcome them? Hallelujah. 
because oh my I just love the words hallelujah oh my because greater you tell me about an identity this is more than being a Canadian this is being God this is God sitting on a pew this is God playing a piano this is God playing a guitar this is God preaching the gospel this is God hallelujah greater is he that is in you oh my greater is he that is in you than he that is in the walls who is in the world the devil is in the world satan is in the world this is his kingdom it is satan's eden but we're just walking through because we know that greater is he that is in us that is he that is in the world and we're just walking he throws sickness Greater is he that is in you, that is he that is in the world. And you just keep walking. Just keep walking. Because greater is he that is in you, that is he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than the sickness. Greater is in you, that is in you, the Satan in this world. Amen. Greater is he, is he than the anxiety. Greater is he than the depression. Greater is he than the stress. Greater is he than any sin that you can name on the world. Greater is God than death. Why? Because he created himself that he can overcome it himself in woe, in the pride. Greater, greater is he that was in Joshua. Oh, man. He was on the battlefield, and he needed some more time. He has not finished his work, and he needed some more time. And perhaps the bride needs some more time to know who she really is. And Joshua, greater was he that was in Joshua than nature itself. Amen. Joshua said, son, stand still. Moon, you stand over there. Joshua stopped everything. Why? Because he had to finish the battle. Because greater was he that was in Joshua. Now he that was in now the he that was in the nature because nature itself was created but he himself and no one can stop nature but God himself and so if Joshua stopped nature that wasn't Joshua that was God in Joshua amen because greater was he that was in him than he that was in the world amen 
And I tell you, friends, I like the way Brother Andrew said it. When God moves, I tell you, he moves. Amen. When he moves, he moves. Amen. And greater is he that is in you than the nature of sin that is trying to bother you. Greater is he that is in you than any nature that is contrary to that of God. You know, all you have to do is just pick like Joshua's pick and say, you sin, get out of the way because I am a son of God. Because greater is the God that is in you than any temptation that is in this world. You can stop anything that you want. That is where the bride is coming back to. Back to waiting again. That is the redemption plan. We're going back home. Greater is he that was in Daniel and the three Hebrew children. My, what time do I really have to stop? No, seriously. I don't even know how long I've been here. Well, we'll try to close. Okay, we'll try to close. Great. Greater is he, the was in, in Daniel, and the three Hebrew children, amen. And they said, we will not bow. And the bride is saying, we will not bow, amen. Greater is he that was in Daniel than the lions, amen. Greater is he that is in you than all the lions, than all the demons that have been released in this last age. Greater is he that is in you than all of them, amen. None of them can harm you. Young people, no devil can harm you because greater is he that is in you. God embodied in you. God embodied in young people. Greater is he that was in the three Hebrew children. A decree was passed. Everyone was bowed to this image that was made up. But these people said, we will not bow. And this bride is serving the devil to notice, we will not bow. He can leash 10,000 demons. We will not bow. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the book of Nazareth at that time, he said, if they won't bow, well, we're going to put some trials on them. And when you say you want to bow, the devil's going to put some trial on you. And they start to hit the furnace. And the sin of the world is heaping up. And they were heating the furnace up. They said, we're going to burn these guys up. Because they said they were not bad. But the more they heated the furnace, the greater the faith, in the, the greater the faith grew in the, in the three Hebrew children. The more they heated the furnace, the more they keep on confessing, our God is able to deliver us. Amen. The more sin is heaping up, the more we say, our God is able to deliver us. The more the cup is filling up, the more our faith is rising. Because we know one of these days, that means we are living. Because the cup of iniquity is filling up. And we can say that we are about to live. Because greater is he that is in you, that is in the world. 
Daniel 3, 16, 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and, uh, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. Answer thee in this matter. What's the boldness? Talk about the people who's got God in them. Look at the boldness. Standing in front of the can and telling them, can, we, we respect you, but we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. You can stand in front of Satan and tell them, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. They confessed it. And they said, and he will deliver us. From the hand, out of thy, of thy hand, all can. They knew who they were. They knew their identity. Our God will deliver us. Heat it up as much as you want. Our God will deliver us. And they said, even. But if not. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God. <laughs> oh my. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we will not bow. No worship the golden image which thou was set up. Regardless of what I said, we will not bow. The devil can bring the squeeze, we will not bow. He can do whatever he wants, we will not bow. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. He that is in you. Jeffersonville 963. The same God is with us tonight. Not only with us, but in us. He's proved he was in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What are we afraid of? The world? Brother Branham is asking the question, what is the bride afraid of? The world? How many in here are afraid of the world? Well, then greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because it's a greater that is in you than he that is in the world. So if you're not afraid of the world, then I mean there's something greater in you. Because the, the people in the world are afraid of what is going on now. But there is a people who are not afraid. Why? Because they know who they are. They know where they're going. Amen. He keeps on to say, now, but he that is... But, but he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. God in you, like he was in Jesus Christ. Because what our God was, he poured into Christ. And all Christ was, he poured into the church. 
See, that is God in you. Now watch. All God was, he brought into Christ. And all Christ was, he brought into the church. So that means the last is the same as the first. Amen. Because what he was, he brought into Christ, and Christ brought into the church. Christ was nothing but a mediator. He took it in, and he poured it out. He took in the healing, and he poured it out. He took in the blessing, and he poured it out. He took in the overcoming, and he poured it out. He took in the victory, and he poured it out. When you look at your brother, what do you see? If you see a man, you've looked wrong. Because all that God was, he poured into Christ. And all the Christ was poured into the church. And you are the church. And the church is you. And you, that means that God is living in you. That mediator took it and poured it into the church. The Alpha and Omega, he became flesh. And he became the Alpha Church. And if there was an Alpha Church, there got to be an Omega Church. If there was an Alpha Church, there ought to be an Omega Church. And we've gone through church ages. And we've come to the place where the Omega Church, as well as come, and that is you. By the revelation of the Son of Man, coming back in the bride, revealing the Son of Man, the Omega Church, the Alpha and the Omega coming back together. Amen. Christ and the church coming back together. The head and the body coming back together. Amen. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. We are his workmanship. God is working through you. The fullness of him poured into Christ has been poured into the bride, into the church. Now you tell me, what kind of devil can stand against you? When you've got God in you, you tell me which devil can stand against you? Which principality can stand against you? When God himself has embodied in you, she is that predestinated seed. I'll try to close. John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do. Who is going to do the greater works? You are called to do the greater works. No one else is called to do the greater works. You are called to do the greater works. The bride is called to do the greater works. And we saw it in Brother Branham, where there were no squirrels. Squirrels were created. Tell me about a greater work. That is what you're called to do. 
You have every authority to speak what you need into existence. That is where the bread is coming to. As Brother Andrew said it this morning, take him at his word. Take him at his word. Take God at his word. If he said it, he will do it. Notice 110. Sister Hattie Wright. Brother Brandon was talking about the squirrels. Was talking about the story, and, and the people were there, and they were hearing the story, and so forth. And and he speaks about we doing the greater works. And Sister Hattie Wright was listening, was listening. And when a brother Branham said that, he said that is nothing but the truth. And immediately he said that. Brother Branham said, that super anointing came back again. And he says, Sister Hattie, ask what you want, and it'll be given unto you. But notice one then, Sister Hattie Wright had been with God. Sister Hattie Wright was taking God at his word. Sister Hattie Wright, God knew who he was giving the power to. Sister Hattie Wright could have asked for millions of dollars, Brother Branham said. Sister Hattie Wright had a sister, I think it was called Shelly, or whatever it was, I don't remember if I'm wrong, sorry. Could have, could have asked her to, to, you know, to get up of the wheelchair. But God knew what she was going to ask. And guess what Sister Hattie Wright asked? The salvation of his boys. The spoken word power. And when he asked it, guess what happened? It came to pass. Amen. That is the power that's been deposited in the bride. That super anointing wasn't just with Brother Branham. It is still here tonight. If you get into the right mental attitude, if you get the selfish things away, if you get in a place where you are in communion with God, united with Him, where you and God has become right, become one, He will know what you are going to ask. And He will deposit it in you. That is where the bride is coming to. Amen. It didn't end up with Brother Branham. In preparation... Maybe let me skip this. There's one thing we ought to be confident about as the bride of Christ. Take God at His word. Don't doubt one but I... The other day, I was just lying in my bed. And I started to think, what if I just took God at his word? What if I just took the Bible and I just read it and just said, amen, believed it, closed it and walked out and done exactly what it said? Amen. But that's what we call to do. 
just take him at his word. And I was lying down and said, God, help me. I want to take you out of your word. If you said it, there is a purpose why he said it. He didn't just say it because he wanted to write a book. He said it because he wanted the people to be a written epistle. Read of all men. That's why he said it. And that people is you. A living word. A walking word. A living message. A walking message. That's what he's called you to do. Just take him at his word. If he said it, he will do it. That settles it. Let go of the doubt. Let go of the fear. God said it. We did not say it. He said it. He predestinated us. He chose us right from the beginning. He told us, I, you did not choose me. I chose you. He done all the business work. All you have to do is believe and you just ask the Father and he will do it. That is the word of God. May the musicians come up. One thing we are confident about is that the devil is nothing but a scarecrow. Brother Branham says in Israel and the church, just curse you into something. He has no legal rights at all. He was stripped of every right, principality. He goes on to say in Acts of the Holy Ghost, Sure, the devil has got the old crow boys out there. I tell you, I tell you the truth. Every time, now listen to this. Every time you see a scarecrow, remember there is something good around. When you see the devil trying to attack you, remember there is something good around. Why is he attacking the bride? Why is he attacking the message? He knows the power of this message. He's been cast out by the power of this message. And that's why he's attacking it. But he's nothing. But a scarecrow. And I want that to sink down deep in your hearts tonight. That is not a mother scarecrow. Write it, paste it beside your bed, and every morning read that it's not in but a scarecrow. He's got no legal authority on you. Nothing but a scarecrow. That's right. Sure. You don't see a scarecrow on pineapples or I mean heads of apples out here. You get it under the big sweet tree. Where you see these scarecrows? Where? Where you see these scarecrows? Because they are wanting to scare you away. The devil sticks every scarecrow around real good Holy Ghost religion that he can put around there. That's what he tries to do. This is the real genuine Holy Ghost religion. This is the message. That is what it is. The real genuine one. And that's why he's attacking it. He doesn't care about the Pentecostal and the matter. He doesn't care about them. What he cares about is you. 
Because he knows the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he knows that once you come to realize who you, who you are, he's got no more right. He knows he's defeated once you come to realize that. And that's why he's trying to attack you. But he's not in but a scarecrow. And that's the notice we want to give him tonight. That he's not in but a scarecrow. Listen to this last part. Because right in there lays Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God. With his immortal power, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's laying right there in the bride. Right there. Whatever is on your house, Sister Angie. And the Spirit is moving this evening. And he's saying to you, come away, my bride. Come away. Come away from all these worldly words and saying and all these many words and these many voices going around. Come away. Come away unto me to the secret place. Come away to be shut in with me in the most holy place. Come away to have communion with me. I want to really show you who you are. I want to reveal myself unto you. The mystery is over. The last angel has been sent out. I want you to know who you are. I want you to take your position. I want you to stop living below your privileges. I want you to rise up as we said this morning on that king's highway. That's where I want you to come to. Come away, my bride. That's what he's saying tonight. Because the word of God would defeat the enemy anywhere, any place, at any time. That invincible army that he's spoken about, it is you. There's no one else. He's the one that's doing the greater works. It's not you. If only you can surrender and let him work in you. He's the one revealing the Son of Man in you. Shall we rise on our feet this evening? Friends, we have heard about us. They've preached about us. We've read about us. But tonight, let us act upon us. Let us act upon the Word of God. Let us take Him at His word. Because if He said it, He will do it. Because He is God. Let us bow our heads. Dear Jesus, order of life, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the great almighty God. Father, we just want to thank you for this evening. That you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We just want to say, Lord, we love you. We want to say that we worship you, we adore you, oh God. And Father, we just want to surrender ourselves to you this evening. The word has gone forth. And all we want to say, Lord, let it be unto us according to thy word. We want to take you at your word, oh God. We want to act upon that word, oh God. We want you to have the preeminence in us, oh God. That threefold purpose that you had. 
to reveal yourself in Christ, to have the preeminence in us, to restore that kingdom back. Lord, we surrender unto you this evening. And we're saying, Lord, have your way in us, O God. May your name be glorified in your people, in your bride, O God. For if you said that we are him, then Lord, we really want to be him. In every manner, in every way. Lord, we surrender and give all that we are unto you. We thank you, Lord. We bless your name and we say we love you. And we want to part with you, O God. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. What is on your head, Sister Angie? I bless your name. Brother John, we hope we sing that. In prison strength. Bless his name this evening. With bleeding stripes. All and Your 